Welcome to the Jane Bond Show, from execution to excellence. And I am your host, Jane Bond, the serial entrepreneur who will be sharing with you valuable life lessons and interviewing influencers from around the country who are breaking through to success along with giving you advice on navigating through the game. Today, our topic is Born to Dance. Our special guest is a celebrity choreographer, actor, dancer, and creative director. He is seen as the creative force on E! Entertainment for Mariah's World and Mariah Carey's Vegas Residency 1-2 Infinity. He has choreographed for some of the biggest names in all of entertainment. Rihanna, Prince, Katy Perry, Jennifer Lopez, and Beyonce, to name a few. He's also won a music TV award for best choreography in Beyonce's formation and sorry. Listen as he shares with us his trials and triumphs of breaking through to the dance world and making it to the top. Without any further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Mr. Anthony Burrell. Hey, Anthony, how are what? you? Well, 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 check it out. Okay, <laughs> we finally we finally got each other. That's Figure. a good thing. Absolutely. Here we go. I know. I've been I was trying to get you on there as much as I could. I was thinking to myself, my God, are we gonna get him in here? Well, you know, I thought you know, everything is meant to be, so I said it'll figure itself out. So I'm glad we finally made it happen. That's right. This is good. This is all good. So Anthony. It's so good to have you here today with us. Why don't you, let's start. I want to dive right in. So why don't we talk about you growing up, you know, in Philadelphia. Give us a little backstory on yourself. Okay, so I grew up uh, in the hood of South Philadelphia. uh, And uh, I wasn't necessarily, um, you know, from you know, uh, I just absolutely never thought that I would take the path that I took growing up in in the trenches of South Philly, and um, you know, navigating myself through middle school and high school arts um, as a community-based you know situation as a young kid, and that community-based um, organization on Point Breeze in South Philadelphia ended up being that vehicle that guided me through my career, you know, even through my high school years, through my college, it ended up guiding me through life, you know, finding the arts in the hood, you know, a little brown boy. Yeah, it was it was a really, really interesting, um, you know, little story for myself, you know, I, just being able to find the arts at, at the age of 13, um, following that dream through high school, went to University of the Arts as a dance major, um, then following my career, I mean, that led me to Alvin Ailey, which was my lifelong goal, my pinnacle goal, the dream, my ultimate dream. And I reached that dream at such an early age, at 18. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I, you know, it's so really, it's really weird to like when people ask me as much as I do it to talk about myself. It's like, you know, it's so weird because it's like I can say a million things, but then I end up blabbering because it's like I talk about yeah, it's like, I feel like I, it's best when I get the questions because then I answer really great questions. <laughs> okay, I get it. I get that. I mean, I know I can understand it's probably difficult to, to speak about yourself because you're hearing it, you know, from you as opposed to from somebody else sharing it with you or sharing yeah. the story. So I, I really get that. So let me ask you this. Was there another passion before dancing or was this your dream? Did you always want to be a dancer? You know the crazy thing is about this dance thing. I felt like it found like it it, it absolutely found me. Like uh, I started like recreationally like doing little hip hop groups, and in my hood. And I guess the guidance guidance counselors at my school saw the potential. Uh, and one year, I did really well in school, and they offered me an opportunity to go to receive a scholarship through the Cigna Foundation. Okay. Uh, and the scholarship was to attend a basketball camp or a dance camp. The basketball camp started at 7.30 in the morning and the dance camp started at 9.30, you know, in the summer break, you know, so, you know, who wants to wake up at seven in the morning to go to, a, uh, you know, any kind of camp. So <laughs> right, I, especially I, at 13. <laughs> I, right, you know, I opted out and uh, chose the dance camp and, you know, I always think about that, 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 that fork in the road, like what if, I had chosen 
the sports camp? Would I be a LeBron James or something like, or you know, just you know, because I'm I'm really I'm I'm really competitive. I'm hardworking. I just wonder if I, if I took that path, if my career would have went in a totally different direction, or would I have found dance organically somehow, some way. Well, but I'll yeah. tell you, dance really suits you because I, I have to say, you know, I remember seeing you. Actually, I remember seeing you at Koresh. Um, yeah. With Dawn, with <laughs> Dawn Noel. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And, yeah, Roni. I remembered Roni teaching you and Dawn. And um, then someone said to me one day, you know, you remember Anthony, you want to go see him? He's in a show at, um, I think it was a theater in New York because I had moved to New York like so many of us did. And yeah. I went to see you dance in Alvin Ailey. And I at was City just, Center. Yes, I was just blown away. I said, oh my God, this young man. I mean, I had met you, you know, in your very early years, but I remember sitting in the audience going, wow, how can you even move your body like that? <laughs> so I was always taken when I would see you dance or, you know, other uh, people that we had grew up with dance like Adorn Noel. So it definitely suits you. It definitely suits you, babe. And I you mean, have- well, when you have, a, when you have a, a passion that burns so deep and you have this one track mind toward this one goal, this one dream, and once I found out what Alvin Ailey was, it's like my whole existence was for that place. Wow. Like I went, I woke up every morning, night, um, you know, thinking about it. And so I felt like it was one of those things that I knew I was destined for. So I worked my butt off to get there. And once I got there, it was like an absolute dream come true, being around some of the world's top dancers that were of color. You know, and and just seeing reflections of yourself and seeing people that look like you and not, you know, what the the world or the industry wants us to think a, a, a professional dancer is. You know, these dancers look just like my aunts and my uncles or my brothers and my sisters, and they were amazing. So to be in that organization was definitely a highlight and the pinnacle of my, you know, my career. Of course, and Judith Jameson, I mean, she really reared the people that was in her camp to you know unbelievable heights like yourself well you know she's also a philly girl too so you know yes. me, me me coming from philly she took you know she used to always come and introduce me to the board members hey this is my second cousin removed so we had that kind of relationship where she took me under her wing as a dancer from philly and kind of showed me the ropes you know she would invite me to her house for private dinners and like you know, and, and being a boy from the hood, like I would be slurping the soup up. She was like, you know, you actually have to, she showed me the proper way. Like she really like took me in and like, you know, just schooled me and, and just gave me the do's and don'ts of life, not just in the dance studio. And that's what it's all about, passing that baton. And she must've saw something, you know, that drive. And she saw that, um, that, that thing you know that we have when we want to succeed in you and she said you know what I'm going to just take this young man with me that's wonderful so let me ask you was it a natural progression after Ailey um, to want to be a choreographer I think naturally no not not necessarily I think I was forced into that you know because all my life I, I never thought about being a choreographer I thought about owning a dance studio but I always you know I never put said oh I want to be this big time choreographer I always saw myself as the dancer the artist uh, but when I was when I left Ailey I got an opportunity to work with Beyonce on her first tour and immediately they they knew my background so they gave me a dance captain position because they felt that with my classic dance training I could bring a lot out of her and a lot out of the castmates from, Amazing. Just, you know, by the staging, you know, as much, you know, theater time as we get, you know, the, coming from a commercial hip hop dance background, a lot of those dancers are kind of green to the theater and green to like what, um, you know, downstage, what, just knowing what the theater is, you know, and, you know, having that position right away, I, I stepped into a, an assistant choreographer position Wow. which kind of jump-started my choreographic career. That's fabulous. 
So this is a great um, segue into this question. So how did you break into the kind of video music world? Because I know you work, I know you have worked with some major heavy hitters. I mean, hot, hot artists like Katy Perry, Rihanna, Mary J. Blige, Brandy. I mean, these are heavy big names, heavy hitters. So Mariah, yeah. Mariah, and and how did you break into it? I like just like I said. Uh, I, I was in Albanelli at the time. This was around 2003. And we were all on lunch. And a world, one of the most acclaimed modern dancers of this time, uh, Desmond Richardson, who was also a former Albanelli dancer, called Ailey and was like, uh, you know, this L.A. choreographer, Frank Gaston, is looking for these, you know, for six guys that are six feet, you know, to help with this so-and-so-and-so. And, you know, could you be over at Radio City by 3.15? Our lunch break was 3 to 4. So I zipped over in a cab, um, went over to Radio City, and they were, they were just baffled. It was like, oh, you're a dancer? Because I'm like, you know, all the other guys were like five foot eight, you know, 5'10", not exactly what they were looking for. And I was like, yeah, I'm a dancer. Uh, and they was like, well, what can you do? And, of course, you know, I'm like super flexible, so I did like this huge leg extension. And yeah, they were, you are. That's true. They were, they were blown away. And um, he immediately took me to Beyonce's dressing room. I was like, look what this boy can do. Look what this boy can do. <laughs> <laughs> like a show monkey. I was like, okay. And I'm just lifting my leg up for this lady. And she was just so amazed. And she started telling me how her sister was a trained dancer. And immediately there was an instant connection. Right. So from that show, um, I went back to Italy. And they called me about three weeks later, flew me out to L.A. to do a show with her. And from that show, they, they was like, well, in a couple of months, we're going on tour. We would love to have you. I was like, but I have a job in New York with Alvin Ailey. They was like, that's not a job. And I was kind of offended by it because I was like, <laughs> you know, as hard as I worked to get into that organization, like you're going to sit there and downplay it. Like it's not. Right. I mean, that was my first career. And not only you know, that, no, that's the top dance. I mean, please, Alvin Ailey. Yeah. It's one of the most, you know, like World the top four now. dance companies. Yeah. Top four dance companies in America. But, you know. Definitely an ambassador for the Americans right. all around the world. So, yeah, <laughs> once I got, once I, once, you know, um, I got that call from Desmond, I went over there, basically booked the job. They ended up wanting me for the tour. And that's when I was faced with the crossroad of, you know, taking the tour or, you know, staying with Alvin Ailey. And I, 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 you know, made the leap of faith and quit my job with Alvin Ailey, my dream job. And taking that risk and, wow. you know, went on tour with Beyonce. You know, it, it was a really tough decision. You know, I, I called Miss Jamison, Judith Jamison, and was like, Miss Jamison, really excited. I got this opportunity to work with this world-class artist, go on this European tour for two weeks. You know, all I would need was one week off. And she said <laughs> to me, it's dry as day. If you don't show up to work on Monday, you don't have a job. Wow. I yeah. thought you were going to say, I really thought you were going to say the opposite, that she was, she told you to go and fly. Yeah, no, it wasn't that easy. And, you know, as, as, a, as a kid that worked so hard, you know, to get to that place and to hear that from someone that I revered so highly. Of course. It, it hurt, it hurt, it hurt deeply. But that Monday I was in London on Wembley on the stage performing. So that <laughs> pain went away, huh? <laughs> that pain went away real quick. And that check doubled real okay. fast. Okay. <laughs> I get that. So what was it like? Of course, everybody wants to know, what was it like to work with the Queen Bee, you know, being in the beehive? Miss well, Beyonce. I, it's like no other, you know, you I, like. Because she's a hard she, worker, too. She I've works harder. Like she works like you. I thought that being in a dance company, you know, going from a company class 1030 to 12, then rehearsing 12 to 6 was a hard job. We rehearsed in that camp for maybe 12 to 14 hours daily to get exactly what she wanted, even in her early stages, because she was such a perfectionist. She was such a go-getter. She was so hungry, so willing to, you know, just be in the studio with during the creative process. So from the early stages, you know, of working with her, we were always in the studio 10 to 14 hours, sometimes 16 hours a day. That's what success does for you. Yeah, you got to put in the work. And I think a lot of dancers, a lot of artists don't like to be in the studio and rehearse, you know, working on their craft, baking their craft. And like, it takes like, you know, it's like a soup. You got to find the right ingredients. You got to find the right mixtures. You got to find 
to write everything and before you present it to the world, before you present it to your customer. So and she, that's what I feel like that Beyonce mastered is the fact that she knows how to create and spend time in the lab making masterpieces. Wow. Well said. Well said, Anthony. So can you tell us what the difference is when you're choreographing for, you know, commercial entities like Pepsi, uh, DirecTV, DKNY, and music videos and live shows. I mean, I'm sure there's a blend somewhere there, and you would be the guy to do it, of course. Yeah, but I think I think what what the difference is is that you have to know what the consumer's selling, and pay attention to the product, and not necessarily worry about the dance, making it so flashy with the dance. You always have to be able to present the, the cons- you know, the product and make sure the product is, is, is absolutely the hero of the shot, not the dance steps, not the dancers swirling and dipping in potato chip and all around. Right. The <laughs> you got to make sure that the product is paramount. That's true. You know, it's the same for us in our business, you know, and I always tell young um, realtors here, I tell them all the time, I say, you know, it's not about you. It's about the property. That's always the star. So you have to pull back in your marketing with that and you have to highlight, you know, the sell. Yeah. And some people, it doesn't, you know, they don't get that. Yeah, so, not at all. Yeah, you, yeah right? <laughs> you have really explained not it because I was, I was wondering, I said, you know, this was a question I wanted to ask, what differentiates the commercial world from, you know, the music videos and the live shows when you're, you know, presenting something for these huge entities, you know, that rakes in millions and millions of dollars. So you definitely have to highlight the product. Thank you. That was a great answer with that. Um, so let's move right along. Okay. So do you find that, the lines get blurred sometimes for a lot of dancers when um, they're presenting in this light Mm. commercially and, you know, with the music videos and live shows. I think what we like to call it commercial versus concert dance. Concert dance is what Alvin Ailey is. Commercial dance is the product. So I think right now, because there's dancers driving on TV, that there aren't any lines, you know, all the lines are, are, are munched together, you know, like, you know, um, working with Beyonce on her lemonade, she wanted a more artistic um, concert dance approach to her movie. And I think now, you know, you, you know how everything goes in waves, you know, like the whole commercial dance world was you know, a whole jazz, jazz dance. Now it went to like B-Boy. Then it has this transition where it goes through different things and different times and different styles and different genres. So I think right now it's all like a big cluster mush right now of everything that people want, you know, because it's more worldly now. So I, I don't think everyone's just looking for a hip hop, hip hop artist, you know, when it comes to presenting a show, they want to have a full spectrum of, you know, and a full variety, you know, like in, in their productions, like most artists um, tend to seek out technical dancers or dancers that have that training because they're capable of putting different accents of different idioms and different styles in their show. Maybe like a tap or a jazz number or a top hat number, something that just kind of gives their show a little class versus the hip hop, bibbity bop, twerk, twerk and jerk, right? two hour show. Okay. So what, what kind of rigorous schedule do you have as far as, you know, working out, staying in shape? Is it all dance? It's all dance. You know, luckily my body has that muscle memory that where it's holding on to. Like I fell off completely. Once I, like I stopped dancing really because I wanted to eat and keep my shirt on, you know, it's like being a dancer (laughs) and being tall and being a nice looking guy. People want, you to be naked all the time and it's just like god damn it you know i'm starving to get these damn four or five abs i got like so it's hard to like you know maintain that once you're not i'm not a physical dancer now so i have no really no desire to like go to the gym five or six times a week the most physical activity i have is is the dance when i'm teaching but i have a really really restricted diet that i i follow and it it's not really anything spectacular but it's it's just i don't i i eat 
uh, fish and seafood and uh, beans and just a lot of lean proteins. Right. Good uh, so protein. yeah, so I, yeah, good proteins. I don't really go off the deep end with the carbs and the pastas and the, all the pizzas and all that foolishness. So I, I kind of, you know, I think my dance career helped me with that. You like keep me, you know, keep keep you know, keep the bread off my hips. You know, my my dad he <laughs> just scarred me. He, he scarred me. Yeah, he told me at fit, like at eighteen. You know, bread makes your hips bread. And, and I, ever since he told me that, I'm like, God damn it! Like, even at the <laughs> at, at restaurants, I'm like looking at the bread salivating. But I'm like, God damn it! I know because that bread. But it's so true good. though. <laughs> You're so funny, you know. I read somewhere where you said um you had gained man meat, thirty pounds oh, yeah. of man meat. I started yeah. laughing so hard. I, so, what's that been like for you when you gained well, that man meat? You were like, oh no. Well, first of all, like working with Alvin Ailey, like great institution, but the pay wasn't so great when I was there. So when I start working commercially, my 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 pay went up um like two thirds. So I was making two thirds of what I was making a week at Alvin Ailey per week. Um, and when I excelled in my career, I was in it doubled after that. So I was eating just as much as I was making, you know, I was eating good, you know, at Alvin <laughs> Ailey, we have, to, we have to save our little coins to right. get the little salads, the good salad, you know, not the romaine, you know, we, we had to work for our, to, to maintain that diet. So, um, yeah, I just started eating good once I started making that money and I could, I could go to the gym and I, I, it was okay to be a, a, um, a man. It was okay to be a man, like have a man's body, to be that alpha male, to have that, you know, A1 male personality type body, whatever that is in someone's mind. Right. Because you know, I think in the commercial world, it was, it's great to be the alpha male so you can make that woman look sensual, small, voluptuous. However, we're going to compliment her as that, that male figure, that male energy. So I, it was okay to be big, to, okay to go to the gym. It was okay to put on a few pounds. You know, Alvinelli, I was like a little Twinkie, you know, a little pinky. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like 180. And when I started commercial, like when I, in my commercial career, I got up to like 225. Wow. Because you're a big yeah. guy. You're like, what, 6'1"? Six, 6'1 one? Six, one and a half, 6'2". Yeah, two. I know you're tall. I mean, I'm 5'11", so I've stood next to you. So I know yeah. you're pretty tall. And hey, let me tell you, you do look good when you're dancing. I've seen you dance on in videos <laughs> with Beyonce, and I, I, I'm looking. I happen to be watching, and I'm going, "Wait a minute, that's Anthony." I'm like, "Go, boy!" <laughs> yeah, so Philly. Uh, Philly has. Let me tell you, Philly has some really talented people that come out of there. I don't know what it is, but Philadelphia turns out some unbelievable talent, and I'm proud. I think it's because I think it's because of the the, the hunger that's in that city, like that everything that we're deprived of. Once people with with the talent get that one person that believes in them, that pushes them, I think that's all the ammunition that we need because we have the heart, we have the guts, we have the the talent, and all it needs is that all it needs is to be directed. And once it's directed, you know, most of the Philly talent they they go far because they have that gut that a lot of people don't have. Yeah, and like you said, that support when you have someone that supports you. Um, you know, your support system is very important, especially when you're young. It, it works. It helps you. It drives you um, because, you know, everyone as a kid, you're very influential. So, you know, you're very, you can be influenced, you know, easily. And if you see someone that's doing well and that's I was talking to someone else and they were saying, you know, they looked at people and saw themselves and people that they admired. And that's how they found themselves and decided yeah. you know this is what this is what I wanted same with you and Judith Jameson which is amazing yeah. so I get that um so I know that you've worked with uh Lee Daniels on Empire what was that like great An um, another Philly person <laughs> yeah great um I actually got the job because I did a movie with Jesse Smollett um okay. and he's a really good friend of mine and he pulled me on as a choreographer and that's when I did the I choreographed the Pepsi commercial with him, and from that Pepsi commercial, Lee Daniels invited. You know, won't you bring that guy on to come do do the show? And you know, I did like a couple episodes with them on the show. Um, yeah, it was great. You know, Lee says so personable. He's so Philly. Yeah, you he's know, so he's still, Philly. He, he's so Philly. <laughs> Keeps it so real. Like yes, he you does. Know. So it, it was great being around that energy and seeing him work and um, just being a Brown brother taking control over such a large set and yeah 
I, I loved his power and watching him, how he had control and how he managed and directed and, you know, facilitated his set. You know, it was great to, to witness. Yeah, he's an amazing guy. I've met him in New York. He was speaking in a forum and I was wearing my hair natural at the time and he spotted me in the audience and little did we know we knew each other and you know that was it so i i agree with you he's very down to earth he says what's on his mind and he's definitely a philly man absolutely so, it, yeah it's a it's, it's a it's a it's like avocado either you like it or you don't that's right you know that's right like, and it could be good for you or not <laughs> exactly <laughs> right? it's so, so true we've talked about a lot of the good stuff and there is some more good stuff so we're going to head back um i want to digress a little bit i wanted to ask you about your challenges. And this is a two-part question. Um, what were some of the challenges you faced and the lesson you learned from it? I mean, you can give me one or two. That would be great. Okay, some of the challenges I faced. I think some of the, I, will, I like to call them trials. Trials okay. um, in my life that I faced. Where even before I started were, you know, growing up in an unstable situation with my family and, you know, us I, like living in a three-bedroom house with 13, 14 people, you know, there was very rarely any place to sleep. But I think, you know, and my mother being um, drug addicted at, at, at a young age, like I was forced to and bounce all over the family from house to house. But I think that was one of my biggest inspirations and my biggest motivations you know most of those trials that I've experienced and those memories that I held on to became the things that I was able to dance about to the things that 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 allowed me to be expressive because I had all of that bottled up emotion all of that energy that I didn't know how to talk about um you know and it became it became so easily for me to express myself as a dancer. Um, that's one. And, and, and I think that I like, I always talk about the, the molestation too, you know, being uh, sexually molested as a kid. I think that also was a trial in my life that um, kind of directed me to be more vocal, to be more open, to be more honest as a teacher, as an artist, um, as an educator. You know, even when I'm teaching, I just I just have I try to find find the vulnerability in, in these dancers. And everyone has a story in the dance studio. You know, everyone comes in and we come let me come together like church. But when you get deep down and you get into a person's personal life and know that they've been affected either verbally, mentally, sexually, somehow, some way abused in any of those realms. OK, like you find you find a richer, a, a more interesting artist, a more interesting person because that story, they hold on to that weight. And, you know, the beauty that those artists, I, I, I call it like a superpower. People that were abused, I feel like they have, they harness this energy, which kind of makes them like this superpower, like this 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 superhuman, because it's something that, that that's inexplainable. You know, we hold on to this anguish, we hold on to this pain, and a lot of those people turn out to be great artists because of that pain. Um, and I don't glorify or in, you know any of the, the um, anything that has happened to me that you know like the se sexual molestation thing situation. But I think those experience experiences has allowed me to grow and and just be out of here as, as an artist because I'm able to tap into these emotions. I'm able to remember and feel things that I don't like or that I do like and be able to connect to it in performances, like as an actor, as a um, choreographer, you know, as a dancer, like, you know, you use those experiences and you, you, you put them into your art. And I think that's what make great artists is our pain, our, our, our trials that become triumph, triumphant moments. Wow. Do you think, um, when you find these dancers or these dancers find you, which we're going to tap into, you know, the ABCs of the Anthony Burrell Center for Dance, which I think is an amazing acronym for that. Um, 
do you find that once they peel these layers off and they're in there expressing themselves that they bring their true authentic self to the table and just leave it all there for you and that's so how you're that, able to tap into them i actually think that's what that's what my gift is i don't think my gift was the ability to dance i think i'm a good dancer but i think my ability my gift is pulling the gut pulling the heart pulling the the confidence and, and and reigniting that passion in artists and dancers and and you know celebrities that I work for, it's helping them find their judge, helping them find that thing that makes them spark, you know, that's buried deep down, you know, just embedding that confidence, embedding that that hard work, embedding that discipline, you know, into these people that you know kind of gives them you know, a, a reason to find. So, yeah, I think that's my, that's my, that's, that, that's my thing now. It's like, I'm not the, the most amazing dancer, but I feel like now set, you know, having a, my own school, Anthony Burrell Center for Dance, I think this is my, this is where I've, I've been tr breeding, you know, training all these years for with all the dance companies, all the training, all the tours, all the, um, music videos, all the Broadway shows have all been for this one reason right here, to train and bring up this next generation of artists, dancers, recording artists, well, whoever they are that steps through the doors of Anthony Burrell Center for Dance. This is my purpose. So you find the fire in them. Absolutely. And if they don't find the fire, I'm going to light that ass on fire. You're going to find some kind of fire. <laughs> I see you. I see you on, Instagram, on IG and other things. And I go, wow, he's like really doing his thing. It's intense. Yeah, yeah. it looks intense. I Sometimes I just sit there and I go, wow, he is really doing his thing. He's putting it all out there. And that's a wonderful thing that you have started this hybrid, you know, education center for the arts, you know, just the collaboration with artists from all over the place coming through, having entertainers be able to rehearse there. And I'm sure the people that are there attending classes are blown away by, you know, this type of school that you have opened up there. And like I said, I love the acronym. When I looked at it, I went, A, B, C, D. Wow, this is the this is where the buck stop this is where the abc's of you getting your life and learning to be a true dancer and express yourself right here at this school because you know i did my homework right of course you did <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be jane if you did <laughs> so when i saw and i love you know the breaking barriers tell us a little bit about that because i see that you take which is a beautiful thing anthony you take the young from two years old on up and you're training these young people. I mean, when I say passing the baton, you are. So that's why I, I think you're a, the epitome of from execution to excellence. And not only that, you're continuing this and creating a legacy for young people, especially people of color. You know, I'm for all people, but, you know, we have yeah. to always think of ours. Yeah, I think it's important that, you know, to be, like I said, that one person, you know, a lot of dancers in the inner city, don't have the opportunity to train in classic dance forms, not only train in, dancing, train in classic dance forms, but see people that look like them, uh, that, that, that have done it and experienced it and are still currently living it. So I tried to uh, implement that when creating uh, Anthony Burrell Center for Dance and Breaking Barriers. Breaking Barriers is a summer initiative that I created six years ago that was designed from the same program that I started with in Point Breeze in South Philadelphia. Okay. And I took that model and made, made it into breaking barriers because I felt like this is how I got started. Let me give someone else the same opportunity. You know, you don't have to have any technique, you know, just let's create something. Let's see what we can find, what, what, what find a path for, for, for each person individually. You know, so it's not about coming there, oh, I'm a dancer, oh, I'm a recording artist, oh, I'm a Broadway star. You can come in and from any background, and I will help you navigate in the direction that I believe is most fruitful and just best suited for you as an artist, as an individual. 
and that's for people two up to two hundred. You know, however you however old you are, you can get up in there and get some <laughs> jewels, get some lessons. Right, right. I have to definitely stop down in there when I come to Atlanta because I when I like I said, um, just reading about it and and hearing more from you, I I'm just I'm so impressed. I mean, you know, I'm definitely a big fan. And like I said, watching you grow for the last past 20 years is just amazing to me. So tell me, were, what was the breakdown before the breakthrough of success? Because we all go through it. I think my breakdown recently was when um, I was creative director for Mariah for like the last five, six years. And um, she had a terrible performance on dick clark new year's eve and her management oh i remember that yes put, put the blame on me and yeah that was my that was the point where i was just like ah you know what commercial i'm done with this world because i realized i'm helping these people make millions and millions of dollars for their brand and at the end of the tour at the end of the show i'm there looking for the next opportunity and after years and years of years of committing myself and dedicating myself to artists, I realized I have to start making myself the entity, making myself the brand, making myself the million dollar, um, you know, business, the million dollar, the million dollar business. And, you know, start putting my, putting my, all my beans into my own baskets instead of allowing someone else to dictate when I'm working, when I'm not working, when. You know, and then, you know, them kind of throwing me under the bus, the management team. I right. felt like that was, that was that was it for me. That was the breakdown for me to say, you know what, Anthony, do what you need to do. Do what you want to do, you know, not what because I was scared to make to take that leap of faith and say, oh, let me start my own dance school, you know, because I'm not a businessman necessarily. Right. I mean, I'm an artist at heart, 100 percent. Exactly. So when it came to you know, taking on the business aspect of it, I was completely green and nervous and scared. So when that happened, I just jumped ship. I was like, let me, you know what? I just, I, prepared, I took six months off to myself, saved some coins. I was like, you know, let me figure this out. And then in July, someone called me. was like, we got a building. I went down, saw the building in Atlanta and I jumped on it right away, signed at least two weeks later and opened the building two months later. So it wasn't it wasn't a thing a time a, a moment where I had to sit and think about it. You know, I knew it was something that I wanted, and I've always believed on stepping out on faith and just putting my best foot forward. And I know that I was prepared. I know that I've done everything that I needed to do at that point to get to where I was. So mm-hmm. all it was to do was just to go proceed and just, you know, you became make the cap- it happen. Yeah, you became the captain of your own fate. Absolutely. Steering your own ship. All right, brother. So, so now that you have, you took that leap of faith, what is the businessman like as opposed to the dancer? I mean, you're definitely both. You always be both at heart, but you are truly the businessman now. What's that like for you? Well, I find myself begging a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But we're not, we're a nonprofit. Anthony Brown Center for Dance is a nonprofit. Uh, 501c3 organization and um being being in my first year of business i realized every effort that i make every dollar that i make every move that i make it's all about a b c d you know so i i would turn down jobs that would take me away for a long time but everything um you know down from payroll I had to learn payroll. I had to learn how to work um, the, the dance portal systems online and be able to teach and navigate different instructors. I had to learn how to create flyers. I had to learn. There's so many different entities of creating the business, you know, do my, my quarterly, quarterly taxes, like so many different things that I didn't think about as a, a, a personal entity, but as a, as a school, as, as a, uh, 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 on a larger scale, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a tough business. It's tough being a business owner, especially a new business owner and a brown business owner. You know, it's not you don't get much support, 
and luckily I had the bit that the relationships that I've had in my past, I've had people, you know, send donations. I've had a lot of my um, former clients donate mirrors, donate toilet paper, like, you know, mm-hmm. anything that, anything that, anything. That's why I said I'm, I'm, I beg a lot, you know, it's because I find myself with my hand out constantly, you know, in order to keep the doors open because I'm not a for-profit business. So everything that comes in is for the institution. I haven't received a paycheck yet, you know, but on the flip side of that, not receiving that paycheck, this is probably the happiest I've been in my life, except for when my daughter was born. Wow. Because it's like, I see these little faces light up. I see how these dancers look at me. Like I've heard stories of dancers talking about how Mr. Ailey used to walk around the building. I see those dancers look at me the same way. And it just gives me a a reason, period, to just continue to push and and proceed. Wow. Your daughter's, I mean, is she going to be a dancer? Are you training her? She's training. Her Her mom is pushing her, but... You know, I, I'm I'm like, go marry rich. Come on, go, <laughs> You're like, go find get out points, of here, girl. Get out yeah. of here. <laughs> <laughs> Scram out this dance class, girl. You don't need to be here. Get out. Oh, you can beg on our show. I want to tell yeah. everybody because I want them all to know. And at before the show is over, we'll definitely plug that because we have some good friends out here, and um, a lot of them have done well for themselves. So, guys, I want you to know about. Mr. Anthony Burrell's Center for Dance down in Atlanta. Anything you can do, please send him help because he is working it out for our young kids today, especially kids of color, and they are looking wonderful on the screen when I see them come across my Instagram or Facebook or whatever on social media. So, guys, like I said, check him out, and let's see if we can help him. You could also help at give.abcd.com. All, like I said, all donations are tax deductible and, you know, we keep all of our donors in the loop, in the know on what on our progress and, and where we're going. And in our first nine months of opening, like like you would have, you know, I like to say I've been created the baby Alvin Ailey down in Atlanta already, you know, to see these little kids training and, and, and excelling at the rate that they're excelling. It's like. I you I just can't I can't believe it you know to see that the turnout and the, the, and not only their physical but their mental and that these kids have are creating like their own new family here at the I, I call it the center for short um, at the center and I'm just completely grateful with or without the donations I you know I, I'm going to continue to make this dream happen because this is what's keeping making me tick right now. Well, you know, God says it's always good those who hey. It's very important. Those who promote others get promoted. Absolutely. And that's, let's say, let's say uh, share the light, sparkle brighter. Okay. Okay. That is so wonderful. I am so proud of you. And I have to repeat this. You epitomize from execution to excellence. And I am so happy to be speaking to you about this. And, you know, do you teach or will you implement something where, because we just had this conversation you know, about artists not understanding business. Is there area or a, a course that you teach within Breaking Barriers? I saw that Actually, you I get do. them their Actually. resume together and you have other artists come in and they do, you know, auditions. I think that's fantastic. The only other person and stu- teacher I knew that did that was Susan Batson, who yeah. trained uh, P. Diddy. Amazing actors. Yeah. Right, who trained P. Diddy also for The Raisin in the Sun. I was there in you know, Susan was a good friend of mine. I used to go in when I was in entertainment and watch her auditions. And if it was anybody that I thought had some talent, I would have them come over and talk to me about maybe possible management. So you're, I mean, it's kind of the same thing, but for dance, which I think is amazing. Um, so do you have a course that they could learn business also? I actually have I, have I have a few entertainment lawyer friends and we have seminars. Um, we've had two so far, uh, one for Anthony Burrell Center for Dance and one for Breaking Barriers. Uh, but we hold seminars for dancers, you know, and the, the, the seminar was business for dancers. And we talked about contracts. We talked about copyrights. We talk, talked about 
um, creating your own LLCs and being the entity and how it helps you as a being an entity help, helps you tax when it comes time for taxes. So yeah, we do offer it, but you know, there wasn't much interest in because people are so, um, how can I say this? Um, warped when it comes to working the way that they work and dealing with these agents that are ripping them off and, you know, yeah. So people are, are afraid to take that risk and, and, and be that, that entity, be that, um, corporation, you know, so yeah, I, I I'm not going to stop spreading the word and, and, and of giving, course not, and, and, and providing the opportunity. But I do offer seminars with uh, entertainment lawyers to um, kind of enlighten dancers on contracts, you know, becoming an entity, uh, copyrights, uh, etc. Yeah, yeah, because they have to protect their intellectual property and everything else. I mean, you know, these, you know, a lot of these kids only know how to count the five, six, seven, eight. You know, they don't even right. want to read the contract most of the times. And I think that's why dancers are at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to entertainment. Because as much as you see us in the background of these artists, we get paid absolutely the less, the least out of everyone, even from the crew. You know, some of the wardrobe staff makes more than the dancers, even though we're second to the artist or third to the artist when they on stage art dancer artist band you know like, and you're right there we're yeah. right there but we get the, the, the least amount of pay because the dancers don't stick stand up for what they believe and they don't stand up for their rights as artists and i've learned that very early on in my career you know to ask for what i believe i'm worth and when you when you feel worth people appreciate that because I'm that's like, right okay. know your worth know your value and put a price tag on it because you're out I, there working. I mean, I mean, and it's working hard too. You think all these hours in the dance class didn't, you know, they don't mean anything? Like I've spent years and years and years of training to be able to look this good next to you. And you don't want to pay me exactly what I'm worth. You want to, you know, lowball me with a $300 check. Right. You know, when I'm worth, you know, a $1,500 check. No, that's not cool. And you're I, working and I, hard as they are up there. I mean, or just as hard, you know? Wow. So what advice would you give to an aspiring dancer? What advice I would give to an aspiring dancer? Dedication, determination, discipline are something that I follow and pray, prepare, and proceed. You know, oh I always God. keep those close to me because I believe that you pray about what you want. You prepare, you take the classes, you train, and then you go. For what you know either go for that agent you go for those auditions get those jobs and you put yourself in the right place at the right times and it just it will fall into place i believe in aligning yourself up with your destiny everything else will go on to fall into place well you know they always say ask and it is given absolutely but you must put the work in yeah that's what they forget to take action and put the work in prepare that preparing yeah. is something yeah and they say it takes ten thousand hours to become a professional of any sort. So it's just about putting in the hours and putting in the work to get to where you feel like you're ready to be a quote unquote professional, you know? It, and it's, it's who, who, who's really to say you're professional? Because, you know, these kids these days get on So You Think Professional Dancers teaching, you know, master classes for thousands and thousands of dollars. And they just did two TV shows, you know? But someone like myself, that has spent countless hours in front of a mirror, countless hours in front of world-renowned choreographers, you know, I don't get the same respect because I wasn't on that team. People got to understand their own worth when it comes to being a professional. Right. And a lot of people always, you know, they see you and they see the success and they think, you know, it happened a month ago. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, it took 20 years to build yeah, and, grow and, to make and grow into that. Yeah, and become that person. And I think, you know, today and in, in today's world, you know, the younger generation, they have so much access that we didn't have, you know, especially with these devices. They can pull up anything. They, they move like lightning. Yeah. And I just sometimes I look and I go, my God, 
I mean, you have to slow down because I remember being a kid and my parents and older people would say to me all the time, you know, I wish I knew what I knew now, you mm -hmm. know, and I always think about that. And I think, wow, that's what they were trying to tell me. And I never stopped to think about it then. Isn't that but crazy? I get it. Isn't yeah, I get it. And I always think about, wow, if I could go back. And also you talked about having that fear, you know, and I personally was fearful of doing everything I did. But like you said, I stepped into it and I was lucky enough to, which, you know, my, my, my dear friend, John, I was lucky enough to have a partner. Yeah. I had a partner in crime. So anything I wanted to do, he was with me. So I, I had support in that way, but, you know, um, stepping out into the light and saying, you know, no doubt I'm going to do this, but there was always the fear. But I just said, I'm just going to do it. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But if I don't take that opportunity or take that chance, because no opportunity waits for anyone. At all. I just stepped into it. So like I said, I applaud you because uh, it's hard out here. It is so hard out here. And when you so, get that opportunity in that window, you got to go for it. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it was several times in my life and my career where that opportunity presented itself. Like that, that moment from Alvinelli to Beyonce, and I took that leap of faith because I believed in myself enough that I would, even though Ailey is, is, is world-renowned and so prestigious, I believed in myself as an entity, as a dancer, as an artist, you know, that I would succeed with or without that Alvinelli brand. And lo and behold, that move, that, that leap of faith directed my life and my career to where I am today. That one pivot. That one little kickball change, baby. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, Anthony, let me ask you this. What would you like to see happen next in your career? Uh, I would like to open another dance studio in Philadelphia, one in Los Angeles. I would love to direct movies, um, produce my own shows. Um, and, and, yeah, and just... And just continue living happily and, and being in this space where I am, where I don't feel like I'm working to live. Okay. So you feel like it's always happiness for you. It's purposeful. It's purposeful living now. Okay. You know, it's purposeful. I have to live within my purpose and living in my purpose is not, you know, working behind an artist for a check, for a nice check. But now it's, you know, I'm working to, for the benefit of others, you know, for, 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 for young, young kids that was that, that young Anthony that was there, you know, 25 years ago in that dance studio. I see so many young kids that are like myself that it just makes me get my ass up out that bed and go to that studio every day because I know that I'm not the one inspiring. I'm being inspired daily when I go and see those little kids. Mm, fantastic. You know what I loved? I loved um, reading that you said, you know, you never take vacations. And this is what I'm talking about, putting the work in. And you said, a vacation for you, quote, is sleeping in my own bed more than three consecutive nights. I said, you better come on with it. Yeah. Work ethic. <laughs> we call that work ethic. I mean, but with the luxury of working with world-class artists, you travel the world on private jets. You stand in the fanciest hotels. So like, sometimes I just want to sit in my own shit. Like, I just want to be in my crib, under my covers, shuffling my feet, That's under right. my sheets. You know, it's just nothing like it. You know, no matter where you are, no matter the fanciest of hotels, no matter the, the, the queens and kings that I've been able to dine with, it's nothing like being able to be in the comfort of your own space. And have that quiet time. Quiet time. What's that quiet time like for you? Ooh, I got snacks. I got <laughs> computers. I got my little refreshments. My little, you know, I just love. I just love laying in the bed. I could lay in the bed for hours, like twelve hours, and be a okay. I'm a cancer, so I'm a I'm a homebody. I love being in the, you know, especially when I got when I'm, uh, bada boot up. <laughs> you know, you know when you got when you got that significant other that yeah. you don't mind spending that time with, and you don't get to spend that time with them as much as you would like. That's that's so so valuable those moments, and I love being able to spend quality time with my daughter or 
my my significant other. Right. That yeah, that's that private space that you just don't let anybody in too much and like you said and you don't got to put on for nobody. You don't have no. to like, you don't got to brush your hair, you know, like and you're just you, chilling. You're just chilling. I know. And, I've never been lonely like that. I like my own space and I like my own company and I get being with that significant other because like you said, you don't put on any airs. You can keep your pajamas on and just like hang out. And that's awesome. See, that's my thing. I like to hang out. I said, mix the pajamas. I'm hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a homebody too. So I love it. I love being in my own space and always have. Yeah. So, you know, I get that. I totally enjoy that. So, Anthony, take us through, walk us through a day in the life of Mr. Anthony Burrell. Okay, I'll take you through today. Um, today, I woke up at 6 to get on a flight that I missed, which I do frequently. I miss my flights frequently. Okay. Um, to New York. I'm here working with uh, Chris Grant, who's uh, an artist, choreographer. Also, we work together with Beyonce. Um, and he's headlining World Pride. So I came here to assist him and dance with him. He's like my baby brother. So I'm just here to help in any capacity that I can. Um, so yeah, my days usually start, you know, when I'm in, in Atlanta around 10, I open up the studio, um, let the folk in I need to go. And I run my daily errands, either I'm meeting or I'm, um, you know, uh, team building with my team, either my team members in LA, because you know, as a new business owner, I I don't have the finances to put to, you know hire people full time. So I have a lot of my friends working pro bono, and they're all over the world. I have my executive director who's in Los Angeles. I have my program director who's in Macon, Georgia, who's like an hour away from Atlanta. I have another um, administrator who's in Philadelphia that works. So we all we meet on the phone three times a week and spend hours on the phone trying to um, jumpstart this business and, and, and pump, keep pumping life and energy into it, how to make it different. Um, so I spend a lot of my time making this business happen right now. Okay. And I don't, and I don't sleep. I don't sleep. I sleep maybe three or four hours a day. Well, that's what successful people do because they have to keep the wheel turning. I mean, and I, I, my wheel don't start turning to 2 a.m. I'll be like, come on, Will. <laughs> you got to get it cranking, huh? I mean, it takes time, too. I'm like, oh, now you want to. Now I'm sending out texts and emails 2 a.m. And people are like, why are you emailing me? But this is the time I work. Like, I, after I teach class all day, I, I, I eat dinner. I settle down, have a cocktail or two. And then my mind starts working. Once it starts working, I can't shut it off. So. That, and I think that's just the life of an entrepreneur and a, a, an artist, period. We this just is work true. In, the, in the dead hours of the night. I t yes, I'm up two and three in the morning. And, I mean, I go to my, I come to bed sometimes and I go, what in the world? And then you can't get to sleep. At all. Because the mind <laughs> is still going. Then you Racing. have to get up and you have to write something down. I always keep a pen and a piece of paper next to my bed because I'm always thinking. And I've been like that since I was a kid. You know, so you're right. The life of an entrepreneur, really pure entrepreneurs, they're always thinking. They're always making the next move. And what's the new idea that they can, you know, keep going with whatever they're doing at that time, that business, to make it better, to tweak it more. And that's just who, that's the nature of the beast. Indeed. So what was it like for you when the New York Times, um, uh, Jennifer Dunning named you, young choreographer to watch what did that feel like i mean you know coming from new york times that's like huge well you know what at the time that's that that came out i didn't know how to accept it or really appreciate it because i was a dancer and that's all i thought about was being a principal dancer with alvin Ailey. and i didn't think nothing at the time but as i got older i realized one of the world's most world-renowned dance critics, one of the biggest papers in the world, you know, getting that quote was like so valuable. And I didn't really understand it until I became a choreographer and, you know, I would put that in my, my press kits and people were blown away by that. 
And then I started taking heed to it. It's like, I, I'm this kid that still has that Philadelphia mentality. I don't let none of this stuff get to my head. So when that stuff happens, I'm just like, oh, okay, that's nice, you know? And I don't put as much value on it as I should. Right. That's for the public to do. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and that's why when people ask me to talk about myself, I get stumped because I'm just like, I've done all these things, but like, yeah, that I've done. Do you feel like there's so much more work to do? Absolutely. The process is continuous. We never stop growing. So I think that's, that's, that's my motivation right now. What's the next, what, what's, okay, what's the next plateau, Anthony? And I just thought about this the other day. Now you have the school. Where are you going next, Anthony? I want to create more partnerships as a businessman. I want to do more foreign exchanges uh, with universities and institutions overseas, uh, just so I can give these kids an opportunity to travel, to see different worlds, different cultures. Um, I also want to, um, you know, direct more, you know, produce my own shows, choreograph, and, um, you know, do more, choreograph more films as well. You know, Atlanta's turning into the enter another entertainment mecca so, oh, absolutely. So being there at this point in time where the industry is shifting, I feel like it's such a great time for me to start planting those seeds there in Atlanta. So, yeah. Do you think you will be taking your school overseas? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, um, see, I think the Arthur Mitchells, the Alvin Ailey's, I, I, I want to align myself with those greats, you know, the Anthony. I want people to say Anthony Burrell and become synonymous with the Arthur Mitchells and Alvin Ailey. I got the A, you know, so now right. it's like... <laughs> in the same breath, right? Yeah, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. You know, I, I want to be synonymous with that. Just like, you you know, a Judith Jamison or a Debbie Allen. You know those names. They're household yeah, names. absolutely. I, I aspire to be that household name when it comes to dance. Well, I, you know, personally, I think you, you know, are on your way and probably right there and you don't realize it because you don't take it all in. Well, but... it's continuous. I think, I think once we, once we, once we settle and like, oh, I made it, we stop growing. So it's like, I got to keep that fire burning, that, that right. grind, that grit, that, that same Philadelphia hood boy mentality when it comes to hustling and getting what I got to get to go and where I got to go. You know, you got to keep putting in the work. You never stop growing. You never stop growing. Someone is always right up under you, you know, that's better, that's more attractive, that's more talented. So you got to keep pushing yourself. You got to keep finding ways to be innovative and creative, to be the, I'm not even the best, but to stay in the ranks of the best. Wow. This is very much so true. Well, you know, I from my from my perspective, I think you're in the ranks of the best. I mean, I've like I said, I've watched you for 20 years. I mean, you don't went from the dancer to the creative director. I mean, to the actor to the you know choreographer, and now the school. Amazing! It's been an amazing journey for you in my eyes. So I want to ask you this: If you had, if there was one question you would have people ask themselves at the end of the day on a daily basis that are chasing their dream, what would that be? I am. I am what? And I will say, let you fill in the last word. Okay. So that question would be, I am. I am happy. I am complacent. I am motivated. I am destined. I am inspired. I am happy. I am sad. Like, we got to know where we are, who we are in this space and chasing this dream because we can get lost, you know, chasing that dream and become totally consumed by the negative or whatever, whatever environment we're in. So I think it's important to always know self and where we are mentally and emotionally. Wow. Okay. Well, you know what, Anthony, this has been an amazing interview. I, you have really opened my eyes to the dance world and um, understanding what you do and how you did it and how you're doing it and where you want to go. And I love it. And well, I would love to spread the word. Well, thank you. I thank you for taking the time out. And, you know, I think, you know, over, like you said, over 22 years of friendship and, you know, we connected through a friend, John, like you said before. And I just, you know, it's these, these friend, you know, these relationships like this that 
are everlasting, ever going. And you never know how a person will re-enter your life. And, you know, so I think it's just always great to, you know, when, when things happen like this, you know, come full circle and, you know, you have these moments that are, it, this makes me feel good to be able to sit back and chat with you because we haven't had a good chat and chew in a long time. <laughs> no, I haven't seen you in <laughs> quite some time. Oh, wow. It's, yeah, it has been quite some time. But it's been lovely, um, you know, watching you grow and, and seeing where you, and also to keep watching you grow and see where you're going, you know, because like I said, there's, I mean, there's very few and far between, you know, that are out there rooting for the youth of today. And when you see someone like yourself reaching back and giving their all, it's just a wonderful sight. And like I tell so many people, there's a movement going on right now. And I think we're all getting on that train, just trying to express ourselves and put it out there. So I, like I said, I take my hat off to you, brother. You are doing wonderful. And what you're doing down in Atlanta, I mean, amazing. So I wish you all the continued success. I hope I get a chance and an opportunity to see you and break some, well, I won't say break any bread because like you told me, bread spreads the hips. And the Lord <laughs> knows I don't need that. I'm too tall for all those hips. And I, I need to keep it streamlined myself. So, you know, you're in New York right now. Yes, I'm in New York. I'm here for yeah. the weekend for this performance. Okay. So maybe we'll see each other in Philly sometime because I go to Philly all the time. My mom well, is still there. So uh, I would love that. I would love that. Please do be in touch so we can, we, we, you know, connect over a cup of coffee or something. Absolutely. And like I said, thank you so much for speaking with me. And you epitomize our show from execution to excellence. And thank you. Well, thank you. All right. Shout soon. Absolutely. And hey, good luck on whatever endeavors you're doing. Uh, thank you much, Jane. All Likewise. Right. Thanks, Anthony. Ciao, Joe. Bye-bye. Well, guys, I hope you really enjoyed listening to Anthony Burrell of Anthony Burrell Center for Dance talk about his journey, his life, his passion, his drive, especially with the young kids, you know, working them out and trying to get them where they need to go as far as being authentic with who they are and what they want to do and his fears, guys. I mean, and his breakdown before his breakthrough. I hope you guys really understood where he came from. And listen... If you know anybody that's in the industry and want to give to the Anthony Burrell Center for Dance, please contact him because he's working for the kids. I'd like to thank you guys for joining me on the Jane Bond Show from execution to excellence. <laughs>